Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Hoss Talks Foss. I'm here with Lee Kwan Pei from PingCap. How are you today, Lee Kwan? I'm pretty good, and I'm pretty excited to take this uh, conversation with you. Great, great. And so tell us a little bit about PingCap and what you do there for those who might not know about PingCap or TyDB. Yes. Uh, PingCap is a company founded in 2015, and it starts with a project called TyDB. And TyDB is, a, we'll say, it's a, I would say a new SQL or HTAP database. Uh, for people who don't know about HTAP, it's a short for hybrid transactional analytical database, which means that you can uh, process uh, your RTP workload and RAP workload in a single system. And since then, um, um, since it's funded and it starts with building a the open source project, and it has attracted, a, uh, I think, over 2,000 stars, and it has already over 1,000 contributors of the project. And it has been used by many companies. I think we now have over 1,500 uh, companies has adopted TIDB in production. Uh, in short, I think um, TiDB is an, a new distributed architecture. It was inspired by Google Spanner, and it has a, a layered architecture. Um, yeah, we can go more detail about that. And okay. I, I'm doing um, I, I joined PinCap in, in 2020, but I've been know this company a long time ago. Uh, I know the founders uh, since uh, the year of 2017. Uh, where I, when I, at that time I was at Pinterest, and we have project, and we, we call it like real-time indexing, and actually that's a good fit for TiDB. We did a quick kind of like a demo at that time. Uh, I think that is how I know about TiDB at that time. So that that is kind of like uh, uh, some of history uh, with TiDB. Uh, now I'm here uh, work as da- database engineer. Uh, but as you know, uh, in startups, especially, uh, uh, we are still early stage in the United States. I also wear multiple hats. And okay. I did help with the recruiting a lot. I interviewed uh, maybe a couple hundred candidates last year and this year. And then I also worked uh, very closely with a few customers, especially some key customers uh, in North America. Yeah. yeah, and many of the former people who I've worked with in the past have gone on to work at PingCap, um, many from the MySQL space, because PingCap's um, uh, protocols are MySQL's protocols. They've yes. uh, made sure to mirror those, so there's a compatibility with existing MySQL workloads. Yes, that's a good point. I think when we build that, uh, I think I think we keep in mind that we want to be uh, MySQL compatible. I think that is kind of the original goal, uh, because we know that MySQL is kind of the most adopted open source database, and it has a lot of usage. And I think when the founders building start build TiDB, they want to make the migration easy from MySQL. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that, you know, in this new SQL space, you've got, you know, TyDB, you've got Yugabyte, you've got uh, Cockroach. Um, Yugabyte and Cockroach have chosen the Postgres protocol versus the MySQL protocol. So depending on where you lie on whether you prefer Postgres or MySQL, there is a solution for you. But maybe tell us a little bit about what 
new SQL is? Because people are using MySQL today. They understand it. Why would they need to move to the next level to this this new SQL version um, that that has more features? What do they get from doing that? Yes, I think that's a good, great question. My understanding of new SQL is really combines the advantages of the relational database, which has a transaction capability and the SQL interface, right? And the scalability of no SQL, right? Because NoSQL uh, excels at scaling. It's pretty easy to scale. You can add uh, nodes and you can handle more, can store more data and handle more uh, traffic, right? That is kind of what NoSQL excelled at. Whereas for traditional relational database, you have the transactions, right? This, this simplifies mm-hmm. a lot uh, uh, to developers because they can safely retry when something fails. Whereas if you don't support transactions, then you have to uh, do a lot of additional work in order to make things correct. Yeah, that's one point. And the other thing is that a SQL is much easier, right? It's very expressive. You can do a lot of computations using SQL. You can do scans, you can do group bytes, you can do joins, and then uh, do analytics, right? You can do a lot of things. Even you can build machine learning libraries using SQL. So I've been working at a private company that um, they, they called uh, a Green Plum database, and they actually build machine learning library on top of SQL. So you can do a lot of things with SQL. So this definitely can speed up the developer velocity. So I think that benefits. However, traditionally scaling a uh, 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 SQL database is pretty hard, and people choose to use sharding. And once you go there, and the application needs to be aware of the database sharded, and you lose the transactionality across shards. So I think with the new SQL, uh, the sharding is transparent to the user, and the, the user still thinks you are working with a single node database. But the database underlying can be scalable. You can add new nodes, and uh, then you can move the data around and uh, automatically. And uh, by adding new nodes, you can scale uh, the database, uh, serving more traffic, and store more data. So I think uh, overall from the benefits to the developer is that, first of all, they're still working with SQL, and they are still mostly thinking it's a single node database. And then they have a like higher developer velocity. And from the maintenance point of view, and you don't need to manage the sharding, and, uh, and I think that is uh, kind of the benefits. Now, one of the interesting things about TyDB is it is a currently a completely open source, you know, product. So anyone can go out, try it, use it, and, you know, get the, you know, the, the benefits of this new SQL for themselves. But you can also contribute to it. You mentioned that you have thousands of contributors worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of a different model than a lot of companies are following. A lot of companies right now tend to, you know, prefer some sort of proprietary-ish or not quite open source license, if you will. Um, So, you know, that's one of the exciting things about that. And that can help, you know, definitely drive adoption. But, um, uh, you know, I talked with uh, Morgan on on our podcast, uh, Morgan Talker, uh, not too long ago, and he was talking about some of the hackathons uh, that... uh, you know, the, the engineers at um, PingCap have put on uh, for their community. And I was curious, have you have you been participating in those hackathons as well? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't, but I would love to. 
Uh, okay. I think it's a pretty. Um, I, I think it's a pretty fun fact. Actually, I watched a lot of like uh, videos and a lot of articles talking about the Hexon, for example, like uh, using GPUs to uh, to accelerate or or AP processing and building a graph graph database on top of TiDB, right? Or building a file system on top of TiDB. There's a lot of interesting ideas. And also, there are some features that I think customer really want, like the TTL in tables, right? This is a lot of customer want, and a lot of interesting stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love to do that, but I, I think the challenge with me, the time zone issue, really, really in the oh, US, yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of events actually in the APAC region, so that's kind of what I uh, I miss those things. I think I hope that we can have a hackathon. Um, uh, in the local time zone, so that I can really participate. Participate, but there are a lot of interesting things uh, out of it. For example, for the GPU kind of like uh, acceleration, Nvidia also expressed some interest in knowing more about it and see whether uh, we can collaborate in some sense. Yeah. So. Your job is working heavily. You mentioned you're doing a lot of different hats because you're a startup, mm-hmm. but officially it's working on the database kernel itself. Is that correct? Yes. yes. What, so what, what sort of work are you doing uh, recently? What, what sort of interesting things are you looking at? Yes, I, I think one thing I was uh, now looking at is uh, um, kind of like uh, something, some new features uh, in the database. For example, uh, to uh, whether or when should we have two partition in TiDB, yeah, and how to make uh, TiDB more cloud native. This is something I actually we are, uh, I, I was involved uh, in the discussion. So, yeah. So that, and you're talking about cloud native in terms of like being able to run on Kubernetes, act, uh, automatically spin up new nodes, reshard, repartition as you need to. Yeah, this is part of it. Also, I think another thing we need to look at is that. How do we build a database that leverages uh, the cloud primitives? For example, um, uh, I can give you an example. For example, right now, the techie way is uh, using Raft to do data replication, right? And when the node is done, when they add a new node to the system, you actually need to copy the data from the existing nodes to the new node so that you can serve the traffic, right? Yeah. That is currently like architecture. But then in the cloud, you you have S3s and you have other like uh, the uh, cloud services available. And then you can leverage that to simplify those replication. So for example, you don't have to uh, replicate all the data. You can probably op- replicate your logs, right? That's enough. And the, all the rest can be done through the uh, S3, right? You can use S3 and then to download. And another thing you can leverage as uh, the cloud is that Typically, uh, the TechEV is uh, doing compactions because they are building on RocksDB. And um, periodically, they need to do compactions to kind of make the data more better formed, I would say, right? To deduplication, to, 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 to make things like uh, more structured. So, and that is done traditionally in the same TechEV nodes as in the nodes serving the traffic. And then when you do compaction, it can have impact on the online traffic, right? However, on the cloud, you can do things differently. You can actually do remote compaction. You can, okay, so you can say that, okay, I have a few dedicated machines, and then we can ship those files in those machines and do the compaction and ship them back. So at the, at the end of the day, though, the, the, the machine serving the traffic will, will consume much less CPU when doing those compactions. You actually offload the compaction 
into dedicated resource, and this and then without, it causes like a much um, more stable performance to the online traffic. So those are some kind of things, the benefits of uh, the cloud native architecture, right? Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, a lot of the stuff you're working on is, is kind of twofold, right? Obviously, the performance and scale is always important, but also those operations, making it easier for things to happen behind the scenes. Uh, I know that, you know, trying to spin up new nodes is always a challenge. And yes, if you can hook into some of the um, things that are already available in the cloud, whether they're, you know, uh, block storage, you know, um, you know, uh, copies or you know, do snapshots or, you know, take, you know, your, your backups from S3, wherever that those are always good things. And, you know, obviously anything that you can do to speed up some of the backend maintenance is also going to be helpful. Uh, but when we talk about like use cases and, you know, you mentioned TidyDB has, you know, uh, you know, 1500 uh, customers and, uh, you know, probably, you know, 10 times the number of users. Um, I'm curious, is there a use case that you see that this is really popular with? Is there one or two, you know, different industries or different, you know, workloads that, you know, TidyDB really excels at? Yes, yes, sure. I think we have like uh, uh, customers uh, in the fintech space and the customers, I think, I want to maybe give it to uh, two uh, use cases, I, I think. One are in the fintech domain and the other in maybe in the SaaS domain. So I think for the fintech, you know that there's nowadays more and more like, uh, uh, I would say that either online banking or there's uh, P2P or customer facing payments, right? For example, OneMo, Square Cash App, and there are other, um, I, I believe, companies in different parts of the world. For example, there's a company called uh, New Bank in Brazil. They are, mm-hmm. new, they, they are offering credit cards. And there's uh, B, uh, another company in South America called B89. They are offering also similar to New Bank. They are offering the credit card to uh, Spanish-speaking like customers. So I, I think for those companies, um, they are they want to offer good experience to the users, right? Because they are dealing with a larger use space. Yeah, and uh, and I think they are uh, have the challenge of scaling their business. For example, one of the customers we have is uh, in Japan, and they are an online pay to payment company, and you can basically send money uh, to each other, and they have met the challenge that okay. Uh, they cannot scale during peak hours and especially during promotions. And then they are suffering a lot about that because the scale database they are what they were using cannot scale uh, the rights. And then they have they, they basically cannot do the promotion. The database is done. So I that they decided to use TDB because TDB uh, architecture is a master master and you can scale both read and writes. And then once they migrate to TIDB, they no longer suffer any uh, outages uh, when they do promotions, and TIDB can easily handle three times of their current scale. Uh, this is one of the examples we have, which is the FinTech the online payments, and they are uh, offering a service to the consumers, and uh, and they can do a lot of transactions at the, at the same time yeah, because of the, it's a consumer-facing app. That's so example. FinTech... Oh. Fintech is an interesting space because it's one of those spaces that 
when you look around the industry today, everyone is concerned about, you know, ensuring that not only do they have performance, but security. And in fintech, it's one of those things that security is even, you know, even yeah. further along. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the, the things that you're working on from a security standpoint to make sure that, you know, the code that's going out there and the feature set uh, can handle uh, a, a bit more of a, a secure environment like that. Yeah, 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 sure. We have like uh, uh, the TLS uh, between all the components and the client and the cluster. Okay. And also we have uh, encryption at rest, which call also TDE uh, for, uh, for, our, uh, no, for our storage layer. And then uh, we have also uh, authorization and uh, authentication system uh, in the TDB layer. Um, and, and beyond that, I think we also offer audit log for the users that they didn't know what happened uh, in the database. So here are some features we provided uh, in the database itself. On um, the cloud services, uh, we, you know that we, we, we probably, own, I should mention that uh, we also offer a hosted TIDB, uh, we call it TIDB Cloud. And for that, uh, we have uh, actively kind of like uh, um, uh, doing uh, compliance stuff. So, for example, we have passed stock to type 2 and uh, also the ISO uh, 27001 uh, recently and to show our uh, continued investment in the security. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always interesting to to see because the the bar for not only performance but security keeps on becoming yeah you know bigger higher and higher to clear um, as as these you know systems become more critical, especially in some of these you know ancillary spaces. Yeah. Um, but from an engineering perspective, you know, um, I, I am curious. Um, you know, like what are some of the you know interesting you know maybe uh, fun things you've uncovered looking at the code base, you know, uh, for, for, for TIDB. Are there, there are certain things that surprised you when you, when you started to dig in? Um, were there things that you thought were very interesting um, or, or that, you know, you, you think is, are, is pretty unique? Okay, pretty unique. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think the pretty unique thing is uh, is um, is usually when you work with a distributed system, uh, some some pretty simple thing can be really complicated. So that's one thing. I, I won't give you an example called, I'll say the bin log alternative capture, right? And I think if people has worked with MySQL and they should be familiar with the with the bin log, right? And yes. the bin log can be used to do data replication, set up like a slave, must slave, uh, sorry, the primary secondary like architectures, right? Yeah. So those are interesting. Um, and I think for a distributed database like TiDB, and then if you do uh, bin log training data capture, there's a lot of like interesting problems you may never think of when working with a, compared with working with a single node database. For example, uh, um, because TiDB support distributed transactions and all the transactions can happen on different nodes, right? And if you're doing a genetic capture or bin log, you can gather this data from different machines, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want really want this data uh, to be useful, you do need to output the data in the transaction order so that you can build like a primary, secondary architecture, build a, your DR system, right? Uh, however, then 
there's a challenge is that because everything is distributed, you get a lot of things like uh, in the your in the order of uh, modifications, but not in the order of commits, right? You can start a transaction, and this transaction can be very long and can then um, committed very late, right? Mm. And right. spend multiple and, and, then, and then even you don't know when you receive everything, right? Because everything is distributed. You don't know, okay, whether I have received all the updates for this transaction, right? Then this really becomes like a pretty uh, interesting. So I think um, for the distributed um, uh, kind of uh, transaction, we actually utilize uh, research actually from big data. I think there's this, I think there's a paper called NAAD. Uh, published by 2013 by Microsoft, that they're actually building a data flow system and using okay. the concept of the result timestamp. And the idea of result timestamp is that um, you know that before this, once you receive this, it's like a watermark in the stream processing system telling you that once you receive this event, everything before this timestamp has been received by the downstream. Then you can, you, you know that, then you know that all the events are, you see all the events, then you can send, send them to the downstream. Other than that, you cannot send to the downstream. And this is pretty fascinating. And uh, without this idea, you cannot really reconstruct your uh, transactional order, right? So I think this is something I really liked. Yeah, that that that's interesting. You know, I mean, in, in when you think of a distributed system and a distributed, you know, uh, SQL system, you know, for those of us who have been in the database space, you're used to being able to monitor nodes, even if there's multiples in a cluster. But because of the distributed nature of the transactions, it it can lead to other issues, not not just with the, you know, trying to piece together, you know, the transaction logs, but also the observability has in the monitoring and being able to figure out you know, which potential node might be having issues or, you know, trying to piece together that, that, that has to be a challenge from a back end perspective as well. Yes. I think I totally agree with you. So, uh, I, I think that challenge distribution system is like, uh, uh, you have to deal with failures, right? So you have to deal with failures and you need to make sure that, uh, uh your system behaves correctly with those failures. So, yeah. and then, and then, and then also because it is uh, kind of like uh, handling a lot of things at the same time, right? You, 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 you. So those are understanding what happens uh, is pretty challenging, especially where um, support like uh, uh, SQL queries and also we support complex uh, SQL queries and figuring out uh, what consumes the most resources. It's, it's kind of challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can imagine that, you know, it's it's hard enough sometimes to find, you know, the, the problem area. In, yeah. And also, you know, that there are back, back, there's a lot of um, kind of like background works so like compaction, like the garbage collection. Yeah. yeah like the uh, like the synchronization between the column star and row star. Right? There's a lot of back, back end and then the replication, then the transaction logic. Right. It's kind of like a lot of things going on at the same time. And uh, and beyond that, there's constant failures. You do need to move data around. And you do need to understand the environment in the, all this kind of dynamic, in, in this very dynamic environment, and, uh, and ensure everything is correct. 
even with those all these dynamic credit. Imagine the case that you still want to support ACID, right, for all the transactions. Given that the data is constantly moving, there's constantly failures, there's constantly retries. So there's uh, the region splits, region merge, right? So that is kind of what, what really I, I do really like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's it's fascinating because you know as you start to go in as as a database person as a as someone who's running you know uh, this you know to be able to understand where a problem is where 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 the issue is um is always that that interesting step that um you know from an engineering perspective you try and you know fix those without escalating them up or letting people know about them but but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. eventually yeah. someone's looking for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, I think that's the beauty of the database. You hide a lot of complexities inside, right? And for the user, yeah. you sort of see, okay, I think we are just running SQL. And I think for a lot of, like I'll say, I've been working with uh, people from other, uh, from like uh, working mostly in the upper level in private companies. So they are really mostly dealing with uh, the running SQL queries, not running the writing SQL queries. Uh, they would think that SQL system is pretty magic. And but I mean, for a database person, it's really like they had a lot of complexity there. So yeah. yeah. Ah, very cool. Well, uh, Lee Kwan, I want to thank you for stopping by and giving us a little bit of an overview of uh, TidyB and some of the things you're working on. Always uh, good to catch up. Uh, appreciate you stopping by. Sure, sure. Thank you. Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.